welcome to episode 87 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to marvel at the beauty of the outdoors. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we are talking about nature-themed board games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Mahjong, Cartographers, and Mountains. Then, we talk about the current trend of board games with nature themes. And now, here are your hosts, Amby and Crystal. I've talked about Mahjong before, just in passing, like playing with my grandma. But recently, I played it with uh, other people in my generation for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about my generation. (laughs) So, Mahjong is, I guess it was made in 1850. And it's a public domain game um, made, I think it was originally in China. But there's also like a Japanese version and there's there's different versions. But anyways, I play a Chinese version or a Hong Kong version. I'm not really sure. And it's a game with tiles and it's kind of like a gin type game. You're, you're collecting sets and you, you each turn you draw a tile and discard a tile to the center. And you're trying to get like three sets of three, and then a pair of two. And the sets are either three of the same exact tile. Like the the tiles are, there's four of each tile in the whole deck of tiles. I don't know if that's called a deck. Uh, Or you can get a straight of three of the same suit. But what's interesting about Mahjong is when you discard a tile, someone else can take that if it makes a set for them. And I don't play with like scoring or money, but, but like, People usually play when you're the one who discards a tile and someone else takes it and they win, then you have to pay them money. And otherwise, if they like draw the tile and they win that way, then everyone else, like everyone pays them money, but I guess less money. So it's like really bad to be discarding a card that someone else or discarding a tile that someone else wants. So before I wasn't like, I didn't think I liked Mahjong that much. I just thought it was because of like nostalgia and playing with my grandma. But I played with a bunch of my friends and we were all at a similar level. We're not playing with any of the fancy hands and we weren't playing with money or like any betting or anything. And so it was really interesting because we we were like getting more into it. And this was the first time where I was getting into like watching what people were discarding. And I was like, oh, this person really wants this tile probably. And so I don't want to discard this tile because it'll give them the win. It's like more likely to give someone the win. So I was getting more into the strategy of not discarding certain tiles and like breaking up other things that I had instead, which messes up my hand more, but makes me not lose. (laughs) That makes sense. So yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. And it was a lot of fun. We played a lot of rounds. And now I want to get a Mahjong set. <laughs> You've told me about those fancy Mahjong tables that like sort the oh, yeah. tiles for you and stuff. I don't, and... I don't think I'm going to get a table. But yeah, I've seen tables. They have like slots and and the tiles just all go in under it and it shuffles it and then like brings it back up for you. <laughs> They're like magic. They're like gosh darn magic. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even have a Mahjong set right now. <laughs> But but it was really fun. And actually, like, my friend's dad was impressed with how I knew how to play Mahjong because all of my friends were, like, Chinese and, and I'm half Chinese. So, um, and, and 
my friend is from China and his dad like is really good at mahjong probably. I don't know like but like a lot better than us. And so he was watching us play and then I I was like doing some things that we do for setup with my grandma, but I don't know like if it was an official thing or if it's just what we do. <laughs> and so I did it and then he was like, "Whoa, you know how to play." <laughs> and he was all impressed that I knew how to play because like the other people didn't actually know the traditions or the procedures of setting up because you're supposed to set it up in a specific way. And <laughs> I, I was doing something that I guess was was right. <laughs> So it does feel like it's a game that has a lot. I mean, because it's so old and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like tradition with it, like it it feels like it's almost for I imagine for some people, it's kind of almost a ritual to play Mahjong. Yeah, yeah, probably. But yeah, we still I still haven't played with any of the there. There's a lot more rules than I don't know, like keeping score. And there's special hands that you can go out with that get you a lot of points that I don't play with. So I just play like the basic game and it was still a lot of fun. And it's fun without playing for money too. And we were, when we were talking about this, we were talking about like how people play poker, but like if you don't play for money, people don't really like playing it. But with Mahjong, we were enjoying it without playing for money. So it's like a good game without that. So that was cool. Very cool. I'm glad you got to try it in another context. <laughs> yeah. you, you've, you've talked about Mahjong like here and there a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one that I'm definitely curious about. I I've, I mean, I've talked about how I played Rummy Cube growing up, and mm-hmm. I know that there are some similarities yeah, yeah. to those games. So Mahjong is definitely interesting. Actually, I've kind of been curious about trying to get a copy of Rummy Cube to play it again, because that's what I used <laughs> to play with my grandparents when I was growing up. So I'd be curious to know how I would like it now. But. I think my parents might still have a copy of that game because my mom, yeah. that used to be my mom's favorite game. I think she likes rummy type games too because she likes gin, rummy cube, and she'd play mahjong too. So, yeah, my sister Similar. has my grandparents' rummy cube set. Like, and my grandpa actually used to be a woodworker and made a custom wooden box to hold the rummy cube set. Mm. And my sister has it, and I'm very jealous because <laughs> I, when she claimed it from them, like after my grandma died, I was kind of like. But, but I'm the board gamer in the family. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's okay. She can have it. <laughs> so I was jealous, but it's fine. I'm fine. I swear. <laughs> All right. Well, continuing my trend of trying to talk about as many games as possible that I got at Gen Con, I have a couple more for you all today. So I'm going to be talking about Mountains by Hava and Cartographers, a role player tale by Thunderworks Games. So I'll talk about Mountains first. So Mountains actually came out last year in 2018 and hasn't gotten a ton of buzz, which kind of surprises me because it is gorgeous. If anybody looks up the the box art for this game or just the art in general, it is so beautiful. And I think most people would be surprised if you just looked at the box art, you wouldn't guess that this is a Haba game from the, it's not the yellow box. It's not, you know, and it's really pretty. So in mountains, you are all uh, mountain climbers who are trying to go on hikes to collect summit stamps in your book. And when I say you get to collect stamps, I actually mean that in this game, there is a rubber stamp and an ink pad and you get to stamp your little card when you play this game. That's so cool. I saw that picture that you posted. I, I will admit I am a sucker for a gimmick. 
And while this game is not only gimmick, there is more to it. The fact that I get to stamp a thing is like <laughs> so delightful. I just can't even. It's wonderful. So uh, all of the players have equipment cards in their hands that have uh, pictures of different things on them. What's cool about this game is there's basically no language dependence whatsoever. It's all iconography. Mm. There are sets of hikes displayed on the board in different piles based on how much equipment will be required to go on them. And on your turn, you flip over one of those cards and then you have to try and make sure that you have all of the equipment necessary to go on that hike. And the hikes that are on the lower end of the board will give you less rewards if you complete them. And the ones on the higher end of the board will give you more rewards. But what's cool is if you don't have the equipment in your hand, the other players can actually help you so you can complete your hike. So similarly to a game like Go Fish, you can ask other players if they have the equipment you need. But what's interesting about this compared to something like Go Fish is you have to spend uh, one of your little cubes. You have to give it to the other player first. So you're giving up the cube no matter what. And you say, do you have any hiking boots? And if they do, they put the hiking boots down in front of themselves. And that you are using their hiking boots. You're borrowing the hiking boots for your hike, but they don't give up the card. They keep it in their hand. So in the future... You have to remember what players had what equipment. So if let's say a hike comes up and you need rope and hiking shoes, you're like, okay, wait, he had the hiking boots over there. Uh, but I don't, who had the rope? I don't remember who had that. And so you kind of have to, it's a little bit of a memory game. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll have the equipment in your own hand. Sometimes you have to borrow it from other players. But again, you have to spend that token regardless of whether they have the equipment you need or not. And then if you complete hikes, you get more tokens and also stamps in your little stamp book. And whoever has the most stamps at the end of the game wins. So it's, it is definitely a lighter, simple game. Super great for families, which Haba obviously excels at. But I didn't play this with kids. I just played this with adults. And we actually had a lovely time. Um, I think, so I did play it once with two players. And I think it would sh it shines better with more players. Because with two players, it was too easy to remember what equipment we had. Like, we at one point knew that neither one of us had rope. So anytime a hike came up that had rope on it, we were like, well, we're just going to abandon it. We're not going to go on the hike. Because mm -hmm. we knew that we couldn't do it. Although, what made that interesting is there are ways to draw new equipment cards throughout the game so we both are drawing new equipment cards occasionally and you're like "Ooh, maybe they did draw the rope maybe i should <laughs> ask them again and so there was still a little bit of that back and forth and it was really quite fun i'm not quite sure why this one hasn't gotten more buzz i think as language independent family weight games go this is a super good one and i'm excited to play it more and not just because i get to stamp things although kind of mostly because i get to stamp <laughs> things so uh obviously i've only had my copy open for a short amount of time so i can't speak to the longevity of the ink pad that is included with the game mm -hmm. but like small ink pads are super cheap so if you needed yeah. to buy an ink pad to replace it i don't think that would be difficult um so that's mountains by haba and then I'm briefly going to talk about my new favorite roll and write game. Ooh. Uh-huh. Y'all know I love roll and writes. I love them a lot. I Oh, and my friend Kathy had to correct me because in a recent episode, I said that I, there are no roll and writes that I don't like. And she was like, Crystal, that is not true. There is one that you didn't like. And I was like, wait, what? She was like, Avenue. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, I bounced off Avenue. That is the only one. So I every time I've said I'd like them all, that's not true. I do not like Avenue. I know everybody <laughs> loves that game, but I don't. So there's a correction from a past episode. But Cartographers 
is set in the same universe as role player. And I don't remember the theme specifically, basically like the queen has asked you to go out and chart the, like the, the lands. And so you are, uh, you're a cartographer, you're a map maker who is going out and charting everything. And, it's a flip and fill game, technically, because it's card based. Uh, similar to games like Isle of Sky, the scoring conditions, there are four of them and only two scoring conditions happen each season of the game. And there are four seasons. So in season in, in spring, it's A and B that'll score. In summer, B and C, fall, C and D, and then winter, D and A. So mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting because you have some things that'll only score once or twice and some things that'll score again later. And when the cards come up, they always have at least one type of land on them, or if, if not more, and then a specific Tetris-like shape um, that you have to draw in on your player sheet. And you're drawing in things like forests, farms, water, little goblin guys and you're trying to do things based on what scoring conditions were drawn for the game. The scoring conditions are randomized um, and different every single game. So it's always going to be a little bit different. And what's interesting is when those goblin ambushes come up, you don't actually draw the goblins on your own sheet. You pass your sheets and you draw goblins on somebody else's sheet. And goblins will, yeah, goblins score negative points at the end of the round if they aren't, if all the spaces around them aren't filled in. So for every blank space around a goblin at the end of the round, you score negative points. So of course you always draw the goblins like out in, the like most open area you can. And then there, everybody's like, dang it. But there's no real constraints to where you can place uh, the different shapes when you place them, aside from if a temple ruin card comes up and then you have to place it on a ruin if you can. Um, I This game, super easy to teach, but really deep strategically. Like lots and lots of depth here. Super fun. Uh, so Danny from Danny and Derek do board games and the new variable player podcast is the one that taught this to me. And we, he actually taught it to me the day before Gen Con started. And while like we had just kind of started playing and we were just getting into it. And he asked me what my current favorite roll and write game is. And I was kind of struggling to come up with one specifically that was sticking out. And then we played a little bit longer and I, I kind of like leaned over to him and I was like, I think it's this one now. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's nice. this one. And yeah, I've played it a couple times now. Cartographers is amazing. If you like roll and write games, this is 100% a must-have. 100%. It's so good. And your like or dislike of the game role player will have nothing to do with this. They are very different games. They're made by the same company, but they feel very different. So don't let role player, whether you like it or not, affect cartographers because they, they do not feel... I know they're set in the same universe, but they don't feel like it. So... Do not let that affect your interest level. But if you like rolling rights, let that affect your interest level because it's good. It's so good. And when I taught it to Kathy, when she came over yesterday, she also was like, wow, 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 wow about this one. So that is Cartographers, a role player tale from Thunderworks Games. Yeah, that looks really interesting, actually. <laughs> I like. I had heard a lot of very positive buzz, but I hadn't really looked into it that deeply, and mm-hmm. I was fully impressed. Yeah, I don't usually like that many role players, but this looks like a mix between um, Second Chance, like that patchwork type role and right. Oh yeah, yeah. And then like, well, like a more complex one. And then I like the idea of 
drawing on other people's sheets for the bad things. Yeah. Um, It was funny because when Danny taught me that part, I was like, oh, the roll and write I designed had a thing where you draw on other people's (laughs) cards too. So yeah, it feels like Cartographers and Fleet, the dice game, are two Mm. newer roll and write games that are definitely much heavier than a lot of roll and writes and are geared more toward heavier like people who like heavier games and that's not to say heavy games but like a lot of roll and writes are too light for some gamers and these ones i think are have a lot of depth that most roll and writes do not oh and i didn't even say like you can play with any number of players as well assuming everybody can see the scoring cards and like what's coming up like you can play this with an unlimited number of people which is kind of cool it's like welcome to in that way So I guess it it kind of fits the theme of the games that I talked about, cartographers and (laughs) mountains. We used to do this type of theme more often in our episodes. We're going to come back to talking about a specific theme of game. And we're going to talk about (laughs) nature-themed games. Um, And I'm going to say that Mahjong has some nature in it because it has some flower tiles. Definitely. Some of the tiles are dragons or <laughs> that's definitely nature and it's funny because i think we have done we did an ep- we did an animal game episode at some point in the past i think yeah i think we've done animals so animals are like a subset of nature right so animal games are sometimes also nature games mm-hmm. and nat- some nature games are animal games <laughs> I, is the crossover it's it can't be no not all nature games are animal games but are all animal what? games nature games I don't think so, because a lot of them are, like, farming games. Oh, yeah. Or, like, like a dexterity game like Go Cuckoo. Like, it's technically a, got eggs and a chicken, but it's not really a nature game. Yeah, well, but, but what exactly makes a nature game? <laughs> what, yeah, what is should... a nature-themed game? Yeah. For me, it feels like it evokes something about the natural world. Mm-hmm. What would you, well, like, what would you say? Yeah, well, it's hard for me to think of that many examples of nature games, but yeah, like, that's probably a good definition, something that makes you think of nature. <laughs> right. Like something you would see while you're camping, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so what are some games that you liked that have nature kind of as a central element or theme or part of them? It was kind of difficult for me to think of these because a lot of the games I like involve like industry which is the opposite yeah you're yeah 1857 uh, is not exactly yeah. a nature game and like a lot of engine building games that's like not the theme goes more towards industry building but there is one recent engine building game that is a nature theme game and that's wingspan yeah i only played it once but it's pretty fun and that's oh, just all about fun. birds birds <laughs> Yeah. I love Wingspan as well. I actually got to um, hang out with Elizabeth Hargrave for a little while at Gen Con. We went to a little event together and hung out. And she is just as lovely as you would expect and super nice. And I'm very bummed that I forgot to go buy my darn copy of Wingspan on day one of Gen Con. Because uh... I was going to have... The reason I waited and was going to buy it at Gen Con was so she could sign it. Because I could have bought a copy online prior to that and didn't. Yeah. And they sold out all 630 copies on day one and this did not surprise me I just (laughs) I fully just like spaced off that I needed to go over there and do that and I now regret things (laughs) because that would have been my opportunity to get it signed Uh, but yeah um, and then I was looking through my collection for other games that might be nature themed and (laughs) one I could think of maybe is Bunny Bunny Moose Moose because you are 
a bunny or a moose? I, I think I've said this before, but I have to state for the record that you taught me this game and I do not like it. It's too stressful. I can't yeah. handle it. You're like, like, okay, wait, hold on. Who, who designed this again? It's like Vlada Shavadal. Yeah. Okay. Like very serious, heavy game designer. And this game, you're yes. literally holding your hands up to your head to make like moose ears or bunny ears or like sticking the moose things out from the sides of your head or the back of your head. Like I, my mind was blown that this is a game that exists in the first place and that he designed it. It's so ridiculous. I'm so bad at it. Like, (laughs) but yeah, like you're a bunny or moose, but then there's a hunter coming to hunt you. But I guess you're in the nature getting disrupted by a hunter. <laughs> so well, and the whole thing is there's like a kind of a poem being read while yeah. you're changing from bunnies to mooses and other things. So yeah. it's it's interesting. Yeah, but that, that was the only one, the other, <laughs> I think that's the only game that I own that I could think of that has nature. It's not just, I mean, it, it is just animals though. <laughs> yeah, I own a lot of games, I think that are considered to be nature themed. So one that I've talked about quite a bit is Herbaceous which is herbs that you're planting into your personal herb garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have herbaceous sprouts, which is the same theme. Uh, I also own lotus, which you're putting petals onto flowers. Mm. So, spelled S-O-W, which is one of the Paco Games games. Uh, it's a Moncala oh. style game where you're planting seeds and growing flowers and then collecting the flowers Mm-hmm. Reef. I own Reef, which is technically an abstract game, but you're building up a coral reef. So to me, that oh. feels nature themed, <laughs> whether it's abstract or not. Like mm-hmm. the theme is definitely nature. And I also own Evolution, where you're literally like creating the traits of <laughs> yes. <new> creatures. <laughs> that is definitely a nature game. <laughs> yeah, like that's super nature. And then I also put down a couple others on my list, like Root which you and I played together mm-hmm. and we've mentioned a few times. I feel like your your woodland creatures and yeah, acting in the true. way that certain woodland creatures would act, that feels kind of nature-themed to me. Uh, and then I put something on my list with a question mark. The point salad that I just acquired at Gen Con, like, it's, you're collecting vegetables. I don't think it's nature-themed. <laughs> I think that's more, like, on the farm side of that's nature. More, yeah, that's, that's probably more which... farming than nature. Because, yeah, farming <laughs> games don't feel like nature yeah. games to me. Like, I wouldn't Cause... consider Agricola to be... A nature game yeah because for me i think like when i think of nature i think of less human intervention whereas farming okay. is like humans are cultivating that because right. there were a lot of farming games that's true so. although but like mountains that i talked about earlier i would consider to be a nature game you're you're going on a hike so that's very that's human but like it feels but but you're not like when you're going on a hike you're not like taking the nature and changing it really oh I yeah guess. you're just experiencing yeah, it you're experiencing it Okay. So like, I guess there's, there's other, like the, so the people who made evolution just came out with oceans and I haven't played Mm -hmm. that one yet, but I imagine that would fit here as well. Yeah, probably. But so it feels like nature themed games are kind of experiencing a surge of popularity right now. Why do you think that is? Probably because they weren't popular before. And like, I think now games that are more unique and have different themes than are the norm there's more of those coming out. So, and nature is, there's so much in nature. <laughs> there's like so much that you can take from that to be a theme. And so like, that's a, a good choice, I think. Yeah. And I would also, this is just a guess, but I would imagine that as pretty 
well-done artwork yeah. has become more important in games. I think publishers have started gravitating towards nature-themed games because mm-hmm. the artwork is easier to make stunning looking, I think. I, that's yeah. kind of a broad statement by me that isn't necessarily true. But like I was talking about mountains, like the box cover is gorgeous. Even cartographers, like the box cover has this little like gnome guy sitting on the front, but then you can see behind him in the distance, these like mountain vistas and like lush green landscapes. And so I think nature lends itself to beautiful art and beautiful art has become more important in board games. Therefore Mm -hmm. nature themes are now more popular. That's my guess. I don't actually know. I mean, that's true. Like a lot of art just in history is based off of nature. So (laughs) I mean, Bob Ross isn't popular for nothing. (laughs) And he painted a whole bunch of (laughs) landscapes. Yeah. But another thing I was thinking about is that in the past, there are a lot of kids games that are nature themed. Okay. So there was a new game that I tried out at Dice Tower Con called SOS Dino, which I guess dinosaurs is like old nature, but there's a volcano and your your dinosaurs trying to get away from the lava. <laughs> so that's kind of nature. But then there's also Spinderella where there's like ants and spiders. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, there's a bunch and of ant like, games. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then Echidna Shuffle is another kid's game I played where you're echidnas and you're getting bugs around onto different tree stumps. So there's like lots of animal kids games and nature kids games, maybe because kids are learning about animals more. So Yeah, 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 for sure. So there have been quite a few games that have come out in the past year or so, or even a little longer that have had nature-ish themes that I haven't played um, and some of which I'm actually interested in. The one that I want to play the most that I haven't played yet is Bosk. Have you played Bosk yet? Nope. So this was a gorgeous looking game that has these little like cardboard trees and then the trees are dropping these colored leaves onto the board and they're little wooden tokens, the, the leaves, and they're all different colors and it looks so pretty when it's set up. And I guess it's kind of area control-esque but not? I don't know. When I first heard about it, I wasn't that interested. But the more people have told me about it, the more I think it is something that I would really like. And then there's other newer games that, again, we haven't played, so I'm not sure how the how strong the nature connection is. But Parks is literally about national parks. That one's got to be nature, <laughs> like all over it. And then there's other stuff like Sierra West, Mountaineers, the new one from Yellow Games called Ishtar, the Gardens of Babylon, Trellis, which came out, I think, in 2018. Funny story, Trellis, the like the box has this like dark design with little like colored patterns on it that are flower looking. And one of my coworkers has a dress that looks almost exactly the same as the color cover of that board game. And the first time she wore it, I was staring at her dress and I was like, why does that look familiar to me? I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and then I finally figured out it's because it looks like the box for trellis. And so I asked her, I was like, can I take a picture of your dress, please? <laughs> and I told her why. And then I tweeted her dress in the, the box to onto Twitter because I figured people would enjoy the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and um i just got reminded there was another game photosynthesis that came out in 2017 that's oh, yeah. nature themed yeah i haven't played it though <laughs> there there i think there have been a lot more nature themed board games that have been coming out recently mm-hmm. and honestly i kind of like it it feels some of those themes tend to feel a little bit more chill and relaxed than like mm-hmm. if you've got like robots or cars or monsters like 
it's I think it's a little bit more high stress, you know, it's more high excitement. And I think some of the nature themed games kind of like in and of themselves kind of bring the the excitement level to a more calm place. And I kind of like that sometimes. I like, like, Herbaceous is a very chill game. And it's because you're planting herbs. And you can't, like, <laughs> planting herbs is just, you have to be chill. You have to. <laughs> but, I mean, not all nature games have to be chill either. There's a wide variety. Because, like, Root was one, right? And that oh, that's has true. Attack that's not because, chill at all. <laughs> yeah. So there's just so much variety in nature. <laughs> so true. You could, you could have everything. And there's a lot of games that have nature-like elements in them like in broom service you've got the weather fairy and you've got Mm. the little weather storm clouds that you have to clear out of the way but the main part of broom service is about witches and druids delivering potions it's not a nature (laughs) game but it has nature elements in it so yeah and oh robinson crusoe oh yeah you're trying to survive on an island it has weather and animal events that happen (laughs) what are there any games that are just kind of purely about weather I can't think of any off the top of my head. That feels like a theme that would make for an interesting board game, potentially. Like either controlling the weather or trying to predict the weather. Like meteorology, the board (laughs) game. I don't know. Somebody make that. It sounds interesting to me. I don't know. We would love to hear some of your favorite nature-themed games, whether we've mentioned them in this episode or especially if we haven't. So head over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our Board Game Geek Guild and find the post for this episode and let us know what your favorites are and which ones we missed, because I'm sure there are probably some that both Ambie and I have played that we just forgot about (laughs) entirely, Yep. Uh, which tends to happen when we record episodes like this where we do a big (laughs) list of games. But I think from my point of view, nature-themed games are awesome and I do not think there are too many and I want to see more of them. What about you, Ambi? Yep. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I awesome. think they're very pretty too. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Do you like worker placement and resource management games? Head to Kickstarter on September 3rd to get yourself a copy of After the Empire before the campaign ends. Gray Fox Games quality games cleverly crafted if you're enjoying the show you can rate and review us on your podcast provider or consider becoming a patron for as little as one dollar a month you can unlock access to unedited episodes and our private slack channel which lets you chat with us and other blitzkadeers directly head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today our theme song was composed by andrew morrow technical support provided by toby mao board game blitz is part of the dice tower network until next time we're no strangers to games you know the rules, and so do I. A full game day is what I'm thinking of. We'll even order a pizza pie. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hit us up on the Facebook post for this episode or the Twitter post. It's not, it's a fa- <laughs> I'm going to start that whole thing over. <laughs> Alliteration, 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 alliteration. It's alliteration time, everyone! Last episode, we asked you to retheme a game based on a movie featuring a predatory ocean creature for people who oversee trials that happen to be very rough around the edges. I know this one was a little bit harder. I think some of y'all got it, though. So, Ambie, what game was that? That was Jagged Judge Jaws. (laughs) The J's are hard. (laughs) All right, so this episode 
Uh, you're looking for three words, all starting with the same letter. We're asking you to re-theme a game about birds for especially strange furry creatures that are affected by the moon. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>